You never know what's around the corner when it comes to compliance in the hospitality industry. Luckily, Principal Designer leaders in sustainable packaging and can advise your cafe, restaurant or venue on the right choices without compromising on branding. You don't have to sacrifice design that sells for packaging that fills the land. Speak to Principal Design today and learn about the great packaging options available for your food and bed business. Welcome to another Prince of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning to this episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight-talking, ethically-minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's show. Today, we have two familiar faces, Lior and Elliot, co-founders of the beloved sandwich brand, Sewell's. So Casey, who has been brought on as the brand CEO for the past year. Sewell's has not only captured the taste buds of Melbourne, but is also the hearts of their community. This year has been a rollercoaster ride for them as they strengthen the brand as their planned expansion comes on board. Lior and Elliot, can you remind us how you guys started Sewell's? And then Casey, we're going to get into how you came into the brand, because I know that's been only a short time, only recently. But boys, Leo and Elliot, like, well, you came on the podcast, I think, probably a couple of years ago, right? So it was, a bit has happened since that time. But how did you guys start Souls again, just to refresh? Without me going into too much detail, like I did last time, Souls came on the back of a lot of passion through running sandwiches through our cafe, which was in Bentley, and which wasn't a sandwich brand. And uh, Leon, uh, Leon and I backing ourselves over starting up a small shop offering sandwiches and other things in the Carnegie shopping in Croydon Road and thought with us a space there for something that wasn't there at the moment, which organically happened to be source. And then we ran with it and we ran with it pretty fast and we ran fast enough to get to a point where we are now, where we need, we needed a little bit more help to take it to that next level, to get souls to where we wanted to be, but we didn't have the expertise to do. So we brought in someone by the name of Casey, who's with us here today and have a chat about what he found in my eyes and Leo's eyes. And we all had that nice little, how, how would you say? But we all. You said a moment together? Had a little moment. Yeah, just gaze each other's eyes and just happen. Casey, what was your first experience with Souls before we get into how you came on board? First experience was yeah on the other side of a deal to doing what became a pop up drive through in South Melbourne. Yeah, I think it was yeah met through a gentleman that I used to work for at the time. Wasn't really given much of a backstory in terms of who I was leading and whatever else. Um, these two random guys rock up in the morning and. They looked quite disheveled. <laughs> I think you did. You have the souls van? No, you didn't have the souls van. We might have. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I remember, yeah, I, I, it was around Christmas time. And yeah, anyway, these guys get out of the car. We have a chance to hear them. I'd heard of souls. I lived on the other side of the city, but I'd, I'd seen it online and, you know, heard a bit of chatter about it. And 
yeah, we hit it off pretty quickly as friends. I, I think it was a bit of back and forth and what have you. And yeah, I think that they were doing their thing. I was doing my thing and I'd come to the, to, to a point where I wanted to go, go and look at another opportunity and sort of what I was doing. I'd been in the same role for about 11 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as a COO of a company called Franchise Food Company. Okay. And yeah, I thought I'd take the opportunity to take a bit of a step back, take a bit of time, spend a bit of time with family. And then, yeah, I think the stars aligned. And again, it depends who's, who you ask this, what the story was. But I tell people that we all was on his hands and knees to me. There's like, here's we mean that. There's always three sides to the story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it was a really casual conversation where we kept in touch and I, I think it was Lior. I was having chats with Lior and he was like, would there be any interest in coming in happy to look? And I'd be like, yeah, no problem. Would you be open to selling a 30-year business to me? And develop from there. There was a bit of back and forth. There's some dancing. I helped the guys from a consulting perspective just as friends. And I, and I think if I look back, it's, yeah, it was a good, I think three or four months into it, I think we all probably looked at each other and thought, how did we get here? All of a sudden, Simon just went us. And yeah, I really respect what the guys had achieved. They did the impossible. They'd opened at that stage. I think it was, yeah, four, four stores by that stage. And yeah, Kingsway. Kingsway was five. Was Kingsway number five? Yeah, it would have been. So. And that's right. Yeah. And that was in such a short period of time hmm. as well. Like you don't see that type of growth out there. The response to the brand was pretty positive. Anyone that you spoke to is spoke highly of the, the product, service, the culture. A lot of people had some good things to say about these boys as well. It, yeah, it just became a, a natural thing where we all naturally all just felt right. Yeah, it just felt right. Yeah. Personally, I've known the guys now for a year and a bit. Yeah, um, a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. yeah. But it actually feels like we're being lifelong friends. We're both, we're all going through a very similar experience. We've got young kids, young families. I think it's really important as well. Mm. People that you work with is people that you want to hang out with. Yeah. 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 I think that's what made everything a lot easier. Yeah. To get to where we are and. Yeah, the, just the relationship and experiences that we've been through together. Yeah. And one of the big key things for me was that to the next, I'd always, traditionally I worked for myself. I came from a hospitality young family, worked for someone for quite a period of time, had that experience, and I really wanted to go out there again and go out on my own. And yeah, when this opportunity presented itself, it was, yeah, it didn't feel, it felt very natural. But yeah, key thing for me was that was how, Humble and open that and Elliot, they were open to, to advice. They didn't know it all. It, it was a real open book. And I had uh, a little bit more experience in some areas than they did. And anything that I put in place or spoke to them about, they really took it on board. They gave me access to things that a lot of people wouldn't in that early stage before the opportunity presented itself. And the yeah. key train-off is that Leora and I put ourselves in a position which was out of our depth. But we weren't in fear of getting out of debt mm. at the time. We, we always we always had the customer base. So we always had we, the brand, I guess, to fall back on. And we never once doubted the brand. No. So we both have these big dreams for souls. We're not scared of getting there. It was just trying to get there. Yeah, I just go back to what I was saying before. Yeah. And that was that so you guys were just doing it. It's just a case of yeah. making sandwiches, making that connection with customers, building that team. They were just so focused on it. On that, that they were the product, and, and it happens time and time again. Anyone in hospitality would tell you that having one one cafe versus two, or restaurant, or bar, whatever you want to call it, one versus two, it's a different beast. Mm -hmm. You go from two to three. There is that tipping point, and whilst a lot of people do go at that alone, 
And a lot of them do unfortunately get stuck in that cycle or that downward spiral where they try and be a jack of all trades and try to be everything. But I think it's important that, yeah, that you lean on the right people, you get the right people involved. And again, just the three of us, it just so happened that Lior lent himself towards the marketing focus. Elliot was really operational. We've also got Alex as well, who's our chef and he's focused on food where I could do the general management administration area. So it just, it was a perfect marriage. And yeah, it took, it took a bit of time to, to put that strategy together. It put in that, that infrastructure, put that infrastructure in place. Mm. And it's still obviously a work in progress. We're always adapting and changing to better the business at the end of the day. And I I think that's the thing as well. We speak about it all the time. We'll we'll chat on the phone daily, more than once every day, but yeah, it's just about being open to learning, being open to making mistakes, acknowledging them, to point it for the three of us to be honest with each other. Actually, having a laugh now, <laughs> thinking about when we spoke the first time. Is that when he begged me for a coffee? How did he beg you for a coffee? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I actually recorded that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> if we re-recorded the first go now, it'd be completely different. It's just how much my mindset of how things mm. are meant to be. We're, like Casey said, we were just doing, we were just in the business working. We had our, our blinkers come, on. We've, we've come from like full-time cafe jobs into a business that has the potential the to big, take the, it to the next level. The business was bigger than us. It outgrew yeah, us. Yeah. It out, outgrew us, our expertise. So yeah. I guess bringing Casey on board helped us understand and it's been the way the path. Since we spoke? Well over a year. Well over yeah. a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think it was about a year and a half because I was going to, I was going to ask you, Casey, like the first thing that I remember when I chatted with the lads, and I can't remember if we had a chat in person before or yeah, after the we podcast caught up at Hall in Hawthorne. I remember yeah. that. And the one thing that took me really by surprise with two young hospitality leaders is how bloody open they were. Yeah. Like they were just like open book. This is what you, th- this is what we think. What do you think? You've got some experience. Like maybe we could get some knowledge off you in this <laughs> little interaction that we're having, like just absolute respect and openness and transparency from the start. Yeah. You've been in business in hospitality for a long time where I'm sure you've seen the opposite of that, uh, especially with young founders often there. This is my brand, just close, mm. don't copy it. I'm not going to tell you anything. Was that refreshing for you when you first interacted with the guys? Yeah, absolutely. And one of those, one of those experiences is always, there's always a lot of ego in place as well. Like it would have been very easy for these guys to be like, Hey, we've got this, we've got this brand at Saul's. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a strong following online. Mm. Everyone thinks that we're killing it. We talk about that quite often, but, but yeah, just they didn't, Mm. we, the conversations that we had early on, uh, they made, yeah, they could have kept going on their path. They could have had this, they could have kept, they could have kept growing. They could have gone sideways, backwards. It doesn't matter, but yeah, they didn't need to. They didn't need to open themselves up to me as much as they did. Sure. I think that was definitely a big key for me, was mm. just seeing some young guys willing to risk it all, built this successful brand, and were really open to making me feel a part of it. During going through that phase of negotiating what my entry in this business would look like, came in as a, you know, as an equal partner to these two boys, but also as the CEO. So they essentially handed over their baby to me. Mm. And that, that's not something that a lot of people would do experience aside. That's just not something a lot of people would say, Hey, you know what? I've got this thing. I love this thing. It's my Leo's third child, Elliot's third child actually. And be open to 
someone else being involved in that journey because yeah, there's a lot of hard work involved. There's a lot of, there's a lot of luck involved in all of this to have the response that Saul's did in that early period and, and continue to have that mm. response. Yeah. It's really refreshing. I really enjoyed to get to know the boys a lot better. Like I said, we've become really good friends in all of this. We speak, like I said, we speak multiple times a day out of those four conversations, probably half of one of them is about the business mm. or the other ones. Yeah. The other ones. The just other giving ones, each other shit. Giving each other shit, but also just being able to lean on each other and vent and support each other because it is hard. Hospitality is hard. It comes with its challenges. Anyone that mm. small business is hard. Yeah, mm. Anyone that isn't in small business just sees it from the outside. They have this perception that it's all fun and games and it's just. There's a lot more downs than there is ups. Absolutely. Mm. So mm. What we do. Yeah. to share that with like-minded people and know that when we talk about cycles, Leor will be down one day and I'll be up and mm. I'll be down one day and then I'll be up. And it's about just being able to share. Uplifting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just going back to, to the initial question. Yeah, it's been are really refreshing to yeah, deal with these guys and look for me, uh, professionally, I would have looked, I would have gone into something else on my own in small business. And, but this just, it just felt right. It just felt right. That these guys was pro the dice with some yeah. so It's been, we've had a couple of ups, we've had a hell of a lot of downs, but ultimately it's been a fantastic journey. Mm. And that's what it's about. And we've got some good people with us and we're, mm. we're trying to get those people to grow with us and constantly learning. Leo, was it hard, even though that Casey was in the brand for a little bit as a consultant and then came in as a CEO and obviously partner and that kind of stuff as well, was it hard to actually make that transition for you and Elliot? I remember reflecting on the last conversation that we had, you guys were like in the business talking about it every day. I remember you guys talking about how many times you'd talk on the phone every day to each other. How has it changed the brand now that you've got Casey on board at this early stage? It wasn't hard. I think it was quite easy because we all did, like Casey said, we all got along as mates. Mm-hmm. So it made the transition a lot easier. And it also was easy because we could see that operationally, that's what we were lacking. We really did need the expertise of what Casey could bring to Saul's. It was, yeah, it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely a smooth process. Yeah. Okay. And Elliot, obviously we your plans of expansion and, and that kind of stuff for the future. Like how are you guys making sure that the brands maintain the hard work that now the three of you are doing so is maintained spoke, as you grow? Yeah. Casey spoke a lot about me taking on more of the op side of Saul's. Hmm. Leo taking the brand side on. If I just focus on what I'm doing, I lean on Casey a lot. He's got a bit of experience and a little bit of experience and how to make sure things are streamlined and work the correct way. Hmm. I've had a lot of questions most likely daily on how to do things to make my life easier, to lean on my staff more than I do, to give them the ability to be trusted in doing things and letting go. It's definitely really important for when we take it to that next level, letting the people around you have more trust in the people around you to do what they know they can do rather than you, um, you can use the helicopter parent to you know, just being on top of people all the time and you actually end up creating more work for yourself and taking in everyone else's work rather than letting people grow within your business. So that was a big one that you actually, yeah, letting go of that was really big, mm. but also finding that fine line in still being 
on top of what everyone is doing. So you've given off all the responsibility, but how do you manage everyone at the same time? So that, that's been the biggest challenge, but mm. it's been good to have someone to lean on that can help you manage that part of what you're trying to do. Sure. Yeah. How have you guys faced the challenges together? What challenges have you guys overcome in the last, since we've last spoken? Growing pains. Hey, look, I think, yeah, the biggest challenges have been how, how do we serve the product that we're most famous for and how do we continue to grow without that suffering? There was a lot of work behind the scenes in terms of how we prepare the product, engaging with, with a better range of suppliers as well. I get leaning on the experts, not pretending like we know everything and really utilizing the experts in the builds, getting that. The other challenges were we had a group of, we, we had a team at Souls, but it was a, at some stages, it was a bit of a headless chook sort of pen where everyone was just running around looking busy, but not actually doing something. Oh, okay. There was a few challenges in that regard, putting that infrastructure in place. These guys ran, in terms of the infrastructure, their team was a family, but it was also a little bit loose in terms of who was doing what, making sure, and in hindsight, it was actually, whilst it was challenging, it could have been a lot more difficult, but it just so happened that everybody, the first question I asked to keep it on the business, which was Lior, Elliot and Alex was, what do you guys, what do you personally want to do? And it just so happened by pure chance to each one of them had a different set of interests that complemented the business. But what was happening is that even though Lior might've had a real sort of interest in market, we're all still trying to do still, everything. Yeah. yeah. You're still trying to do some operational, some operational stuff, yeah. stuff and like every small business, you're the accountant, you're the bookkeeper, you're the marketing person, admin person. So all of a sudden it was, hang on, let's just all take a step back. Let's put this infrastructure in place. But what happened is change in itself is, is quite difficult. And unfortunately we lost a couple of staff members that couldn't fit into that mold. That was more about them wanting to go into a different field more than anything else. So we had some challenges with that. As soon as there was a few more, yeah, a bit more infrastructure, some people did feel like they were being pushed out. Naturally, these guys and myself included didn't want to upset anybody. But then also, yeah, cleaning up the admin process as well. Behind the scenes, it was being run like a sort of two-bit operation in terms of we had money, invoices coming in, money being paid out. And mm -hmm. no one was looking over the detail. There were situations where invoices were being paid twice and mm. things were getting missed. And I think the main thing yeah. was just the, the, the money management and cash flow management. Interesting. Readers nights. We all said to me, I buy an apple for a dollar yeah. and then I sell it for a dollar fifty. So what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, no, because you buy an apple for a dollar and then you got this. You know, but this. we were that focused yeah. on the product and the customers and the brand yeah. that we let everything else slipped. We're like, let's build this brand, whatever it takes at whatever cost. We were so focused on doing that, that yeah, we just, we just forgot about everything else, which is, yes, it worked in our favor because we built this amazing brand. In 12 months, we opened four stores, but like Casey said, there was a tipping point where we had to be like, fuck, shit, we're in a bit of a pickle here. We need some help. So Yeah, and it was more, yeah, I wouldn't, like it was a little pickle. It wasn't like- Yeah, no, pickle, not a massive pickle. Just, yeah. Like a dill pickle. I mean, just, little... yeah, it was just about- um, It wasn't a cucumber. No, yeah. it's just been across the detail and-, and yeah, for these guys to open up five stores in 12 months, that's just crazy. It's crazy. To think back on it, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't even know how it happened. It just, I've been yeah. hospitality for a very long time to do that, mm. is, but I, they wouldn't have been able to do that if they were stuck on the detail. I'm envious of what they, they achieved in that period of time because a lot of people don't have the, I'm going to call the balls. Mm. They don't have the balls to do that because 
for myself, quite conservative. I'll be like, cool, what could happen here? What could happen there? Do you know, guarantees? Blah, blah, blah. And I guess that's why we also slowed down the last 12 months to... Yeah. To, to actually clean things regroup. up. Regroup. Yeah, regroup. We needed to regroup. And also, and also brace ourselves for the future in the next 12 months. But in that period of quieting down, we still opened, we still opened two stores. Yeah, we still have achieved a lot, but yeah, it was an opportunity to regroup. But now, knock on wood, we're in a position where we're looking at opportunities to grow. We're looking at new sites. And we know that we're in a position where we can do that in terms of our supply chain. Operationally. Our training, our design. All of that now, we're very comfortable. I think we spoke just before drive-through. Yeah, correct. We so did. So drive-through was happening. Yep. Testing of that model. I think we spoke about that. Yeah, I was super excited. So it worked. Yeah. Mm. Just can't find any drive-throughs. <laughs> it, it was, was a great site. It was good. It was good. Really, you can't find any drive-throughs. Not that you'd have to build like yourself on the ground up. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But also, like specific criteria. Idea, but like an empty, like they've got a blank check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If we go look at anything, it's shout out to Sam Myers. Lear and Elliot, maybe Elliot, if I start off with you, has what you guys want, or has what you wanted changed from when you start, guys started the business to where you are now? Has bringing Casey on board changed your desire for the business, what you want to get out of the business now? Not at all. Not at all. I still see the big dream. I still see what the potential this brand has. And I think that's what keeps us going. I don't want to stop. And I think that uh, Casey brings up balls and he brings up and not having that fear that still drives me. I think it has the potential to be up there with one of the most recognized brands in Australia. So that does. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't changed since we spoke last. Awesome. Sure. And I guess what does the future look like is that everyone wants a different thing. For me, it's like working with great mates, growing this amazing brand. We've been lucky that it took off from day one. Mm. So yeah, it's, I couldn't really think of doing anything else. And I love being in control now of the brand and watching it grow and employing people and they rely on us. It's just, we're building a family and a culture. And, and it's, it's just, nice to look back. It is. On. We haven't had much time to do that, no. to be honest. Yeah, it, it is. It's amazing what we've achieved in the past 12 months. So I was going to say, you guys must have been at burnout stage when Casey came on board. If you're opening four to five, I forgot it was that many restaurants in that period so of time. So we spoke in Hawthorne. Yes. Drive-through. Yep. Bella happened after drive-through. So Bella, yes. Yeah, you hadn't opened Balaclava yet. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it was being... So we were still running a business... From a central kitchen. Uh, I think yeah, I think you were too from yeah, memory. We yeah. So how things yeah. have changed. Yeah. So what are you doing now that's different in regards with production? Uh, are you all doing stores. it side by side? Yeah, all stores are making everything that's fresh. That's how long it's been. Yeah. That's how long we haven't talked. I actually yeah. think that was the first thing I said to them. I said, yeah, get rid of that. Get rid of that central kitchen. Mm. No, we had advice from the center. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I probably would have told them to get rid of a central kitchen as well. I think anyone... They burn money. Yeah. I think you guys made yeah. sauce. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> They're a great way to lose money. Seriously. If it's not, if your brand isn't big enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know that, case. I, I subconsciously had an epiphany about what we should and shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember the night where we were at the pub. I'm like, yep. And Elliot, we were just having a beer sitting at the pub and Elliot looks at me and he's like, hey, we should close our central kitchen down. Just We're, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Literally was out of nowhere. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, we're losing money. I was like, yeah, 
Uh, what, like, like how many chefs do we pay? I mean, <laughs> so we well, started, started pulling our fingers out, just counting ba- back of a napkin. I actually think yeah. the first time that I went and looked at diner where, where the central kitchen was located, I went in and I said to the guys, I'll go have a, I just want to have a look at mm. operation, everything else. And, mm-hmm. and I walked in and I think I messaged the order at the time and I was just like, and my I allowed to swear on this? Is this hundred percent you're allowed to swear? I got that thing saying, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> that many people, every sort of corner that I turned on. And more and more. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This guy, this guy kills the cow. This guy sets the pastrami. <laughs> when you're in Australia, and I'm sure you do the exact same thing, like as soon as you walk into a venue, you do $30 an hour. Yeah, you do a head count. That, 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 okay, oh my God. I feel like we were just like, paying someone to hold the door to the kitchen. <laughs> 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 I never, I a concierge. I never met so many people at, uh, in such a short period of time. <laughs> 20 minutes that I was at the, at the factory. But everything now is no more central kitchen all made in store by all of our staff. There was a bit of training, some mistakes were made and everything else. But right now, if we prone ourselves on bringing the fresh product to the customer, we see, what do we say? What's our time at the moment? When it's busy, you know, average. Eight, eight to 10 minutes. Sounded yeah, that's great. Busy eight to 10 minutes, being mm. average probably about six. Mm-hmm. We're frying everything fresh. We're preparing everything fresh. I don't think there's been a win-loss with this. It's been all win. Yeah. Mm. Um, the only lost parts of the win loss has been the, the people we employed as well but yeah. also learning mm. that's been just something that we've had to pay for through through learning through experience and but also i'll go back to what we we're talking about before and i and i think if you actually didn't do the central kitchen i don't think you would have gone no to way. many stores in a way no you wouldn't have been able to mm. so it was almost like we well that's what 20, i'll say when you opened to 20 square meters yep. shopping can't argue without a kitchen so i would actually mm. say it was probably a master move where you were like you know we, we actually meant to do that i'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had this uh, yeah this very clear place place it was like at this 18 month mark or 12 month mark whatever mm. it was we're going to flick a switch and everything's going to come back in house and it wasn't an accident <laughs> When you did close down that central kitchen, though, did you have to change the menu or do anything? What did you do different in regards to the menu in that change? The menu stayed the same. Okay. There were some tough chances. I think we just saved a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the people besides a few actually stayed on with us and were made redundant and actually stayed and continued to work. Yeah. They're still with us today. Awesome. He's redeployed. Mm. That was one of my biggest worries. Mm. It was cutting people's... Careers. Livelihoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. relied on us. And the yeah. for us in that was that those people that actually were working in that central kitchen were like our product experts. Mm. So they know the sandwiches back up because they actually even had this conversation with the police last week. And I remember her telling me, I can't actually remember the number, but she told me how many sandwiches she used to make a day mm. in the morning. It's crazy. And I was like, what? <laughs> so she had this one. So just sit there, they cut this, they cut that. Mm. I'm like, oh my goodness. So yeah, you know, these people have transitioned to um, customer facing. Uh, roles that help us with managing um, the whole operation. It's also created like a new career path for these chefs that were always mm. locked away in a dark kitchen. Yeah. They're actually now working out the front and they're interacting with our customers. Yeah. So I think they've also found a new love for hospitality. Yeah, they're not just stuck in back of house. Exactly. Yeah. In front of ourselves. Yeah. And then the people that currently work at Souls that never used to make food, there's a bit of, bit of experience for them and getting a bit of hands-on yeah. experience as well. It's good for our culture. Yeah. It's good for everything. So mm. that's been good. It's been good. Really good. That's real positive. Stumbly, I fully forgot we had quitting. We were still running a kitchen when we spoke. It feels like it was five years ago. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot that's happened. There's a lot of water under the bridge in a short amount of time. Unbelievable. We've also got a, an empty commercial kitchen if anyone's interested. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, do you want to go through the, 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 the Hey at souls.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
Score you quick. You guys have obviously added a lot of evolution since the last time. The one thing I've noted, though, in regards to brand and in regards to menus, you, you've doubled down on breakfast and lunch, mm. where maybe you were looking to explore different avenues of different pockets of the market. What made you want to double down on breakfast and lunch only across the brand? I think it was just a, a piece of our trade that we're, we're missing out on. We were just a more of a lunch-focused uh, operation. You'd get busy from 11 o'clock till 3 o'clock, and we were missing out on that 8 till 10.30. So we brought on a breakfast menu, and we've just built it off that. Just simple items like we've got a brisket and egg muffin, brekkie roll, toasties. It didn't start yeah. fast, but it's progressively gotten busier. Yeah. And that's another thing that I feel like is just part of history that I can't remember. Is mm. We never actually had a breakfast no. menu. We had a brekkie roll, yeah. mm. but we added so, all these other elements to it. Which if, you, if we actually did look back, hmm. it just... It now just people went. are just coming in for hash browns yeah. and coffees. So it's just something we do. Yeah. Now all stores actually have pickle chip, fried pickle chips, which we yeah. get made just for us. If we've got fries at every store, we have those limits in Carnegie and Hawthorne that were small shops without that ability to do sides. Yeah. Now we offer it at every store. That's something that Case is boring. Like, no, nah, you're going to have everything at every store. Mm. We can't do it. Yes, you can. You know, a bit of back and forth and... If there's a will. <laughs> was that a hard thing to... Or if there's a cannabis... <laughs> it's a way to do it. Is that a hard thing, Casey, to just put your put down and say, no, it has to be at every store? Because a lot of brands, especially in the early evolution, like to have nuances in, in certain mm. locations, especially when you hear local customers all the time saying, yeah. oh, I love this and I love that I can't get it at the other one and it feels special to me. Yeah, no, I think it was a case of those, the particular products we're talking about were... Yeah, specialty items mm. that were complementary items to the main menu. Mm. And people that want to order, they'd go somewhere else. Go you don't do yeah. fries? Cool, I'll grab a lunch somewhere else. Mm. Get fries. Yeah, but just, so. there, was just, there was just sales that we were missing out on. There was, yeah. I, I, also, I just, staff involvement. There's yes. an element of making fries that it just brings that more hands-on experience for our staff. And it just becomes a more fun environment, I think, to be able to just not do one thing it's more versatile in in terms of the menu i just found that in terms of putting my foot down my approach is i just repeat myself constantly at least two or three weeks on end every day about five times till you start and eventually we get to a point where i think it's elliot will turn around and be like hey i've got this idea let's do sides in the end i'll be like i don't let's do that but it's Common sense always prevails. We have a lot of conversations as tight as we're um, opposed to something, but once we digest it, we talk about it, we bounce it off each other, we do get to a point where common sense does prevail and of what we think common Since we've last spoken as well, like the sandwich sector has got even more competitive. There's even more brands that have come on board and are popping through. What are you guys seeing as your point of difference now as you grow the brand? The original, right? <laughs> I think for us, we just try and stick to doing what we do. We have our brand, so we just try and focus on, on what we're doing and not look too much into what others are doing. Because in terms of our operation, I think our setup is a little bit different. We're leaning more towards the quick service part of the industry, which is we will own that. And we know who we are now. We've established our brand. So yeah, we're just focusing on ourselves at the moment, I think. Yeah. We haven't changed anything from day one as well. I think that there's a lot of products. If you look at a lot of sandwich shops at the moment, and there's nothing wrong with that, 
but everyone does the same thing in a different way. I think that we've really backed ourselves with the uniqueness of some of the things that we serve at Souls, and we've been there from the start. We've been there from the start with a few others who are doing really well at the moment. And we only really want everyone to thrive in the industry, but like we all said, we are going through a different sector. Well, that's what we're aiming for. Yeah. With that comes scale. And yeah, I think, I think we're very unique in the, t I, I see us as the grilled of the sandwich yeah. and I bring this up a lot. Grilled came onto the scene. So did 150 other burger brands and 120 of them have failed. They closed down and grilled has stayed alive. Why? Because they, they own the market. It's consistent. It's consistent. It's consistent. They own the market. It's approachable. And they've got yeah. people recognize grilled for what it is. If you're going to grill, you know exactly what you're getting. Are you getting something different to the place that does the same as what Bob and Larry and John did? So we're not really trying to reinvent the wheel either. No. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not. So yeah, that's that. It's interesting you looked at Grilled. I can't remember if you remember, but I was uh, grilled at about site 10, site 12. <laughs> yeah. And part of why Grilled growed from my perspective was the experience that people got with Inside Venue was on par or better than the burger they got. Mm. And that's what made people continue to come back. To do that in smaller spaces like you guys have is a real challenge. Like how are you creating that experience for people all the time outside of the product? Is that hard to continue to do? Yeah, it, it does come with challenges. Um, I think it comes down to who serves you that sandwich or who says hello to you. Yeah, and it's a human. Finding yeah. the right people. We actually also, especially in the last 12 months, everyone works in the store. So we all probably do over 30 hours a week. Just all what we do is we go from store to stores. Each one of us will work across the five stores and touch and feel and speak to the staff. Uh, More importantly, speak to the customers. Yeah, speak to the customers, build that rapport. We opened up QV in, in mid-July this year. And the three of us plus Alex, the four of us, we worked in that store for the first sort of two, three weeks every day, a few days here or there. Mm. And then even now, we're still, these guys especially doing few shifts in the store a week and Hawthorne and all the other stores where what we've done is we're, we've reinvested ourselves in the stores, customer facing, mm. talking to customers, talking to staff, making the products, eating the product. Yeah, eating the product. And we're very open to constructive criticism. Whenever there's any issues that have been reported to us about the products, we're very particular about getting the customer back in, being apologetic, obviously within reason, but being apologetic, making sure that whatever their experience wasn't, it's very rare that this happens, making sure that we learn from that so it doesn't happen again. And even from a staffing perspective, if with any staffing challenges, just we, all we do is we ask them for honesty. If they've got any grievances or any frustrations in terms of everything from how things are communicated to how things are made to operating hours or whatever have you, we do allow them to run that business as well. Just going off what yeah. you said about being open-minded to people's reviews. <laughs> we actually had a review about someone loving the food, but just the place was lacking vibe. And this was one of our biggest stores, Balaclava. Yeah. Oh, Balaclava. You know, Interesting. So it was lacking vibe. Food was great. Okay. But there was no vibe. And it was a comical review. He was being genuine and it made us kind of question what, maybe we are lacking vibes. So like we went back to the drawing board and tried to draw back where we're lacking. 
how do we get that into the shop? So that's been a challenge. Hmm. Um, and it was actually funny, like that story, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so it was a TikTok review and- He actually goes it, around, it's it, actually it, really it's actually, good. It's actually quite a good- He goes around and does a- It's all a proper rabbit hole with them. His, his yeah. name's Noah, he does reviews. He so, goes around and he says, but is it actually good though? Or do they pay an influencer to tell you that it's good? And it's oh, actually cool. a really raw sort of review on all these places. But I think- I think we saw it and it was, he started off by saying unbelievable life change after his first bite. And then he went through, started referring it to his ex-girlfriend. And then he had, yeah, he got to the end of it and because, <laughs> and serving pies is quite big and out and our yeah. flavors are quite rich. He had quite a bit of food and then by the end of it, he was feeling a little bit tired of quizzes you do from having a big meal. But look, what had happened is we, he'd actually walked past um, one of our, uh, QV and Elliot saw him and ran after us and he actually yeah, assumed that Ali was there not give him shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but I was like, like man, like, this is like, great. You know, like, this is great. Your videos are hilarious. It's yeah, funny. It's good how raw you are. It yeah. actually goes a long yeah. way. Thank you for the feedback and awesome. everything else because in hospitality, you get, mm. you get blinded because if yeah. you're going to the same place every day and you're focused on doing this and this. Yeah, mm. your blinkers on. Yeah, you're so blunt. On. It's, it's so challenging to get that honest sort of feedback from people that have that experience in hospitality mm. and this guy did and, and and we were very happy to accept his feedback and yeah we asked him to fix it if anyone needs a good content creator <laughs> he's looking for a job <laughs> but um yeah it's just being i get it yeah go back to what i was saying at the start it's just about being open and honest and if we're doing something we're not perfect if we're doing something wrong from a product perspective and also own, owning it when you do something wrong mm. we try and give customers the best possible experience we try and serve the best possible product every single time but you know what you can't you please everyone you can't think, please everyone i think yeah I, I remember a few months ago it was quite funny that uh, Hunt busy it was actually at Fentley lunchtime rush and taking sandwiches and everything else one of the one of the people working that day had this realization after giving this product out. Someone brought it a fish burger um, with no fish patty. Yes, you forgot to actually put the fish patty in there. But she realized after that, she was like, "Oh my god, I forgot the fish patty." But straight away, she like put her hand up. The guy came in, had this sandwich opened in his hands. A vegan, fi his, a vegan fish burger. I think his first sort of oxygen. His fish. initial his initial reaction, I think, was that he was going to come in to obviously take out some some frustrations on. On the guys working, but as soon as she saw him walking, walking she was like, "Fish patty." She was like, "Oh my god, I forgot!" Mm. But you know, the guy all of a sudden smiled. There's some kind. It's just how you handle the situation, yeah, yeah. and that's, and that's it's something you can't teach. And personality and experience is something you can't teach. You can try your best. Mm. Mm. We can only mold. Everyone yeah. is who they are, um, and everyone makes mistakes. Yeah, yeah. of course, that's it. of course. So we we laughed about it with that. We, we, I, I teased it for a little bit about it. <laughs> yeah, it's about, everyone makes mistakes. We try our best. Mm. We try our best with the product. We try our best with staff. We try our best with customers. But we are going to make mistakes. Yeah. My final question to you guys is, now that you've slowed down a bit so you can speed up, how are you going to speed up? What's the plans for the future whistles? Oh, I think just, yeah, take it one month at a time, one quarter at a time. We've still got a bit of work to do, obviously. It's a work in progress, but yeah, we've got a couple more sites that we've just, we've just acquired. So that'll keep us busy for the next six months. And then we'll do those. We'll focus on those. We'll try and make those look nice, get a good team. And then, yeah, like I said, just one month at a time. I think we always think that we're, 
nearly 100% of the way then. And then we're going to open two more shops and we'll be like, yeah, these ones are still at like 80% of what we actually But that's a part of evolving. Yeah, we just keep, we're like never there. So we're just going to keep pushing that, pushing that refinement. Yeah. Or just keep improving. To be. Yeah. And we're definitely open to the opportunities. So whenever anybody, 100%, we're always open to a chat and discussions with people about interstate. We know we needed to get things right first in our home state. We've got two sites that'll open or well, one before Christmas, another one early next year. We're talking or we're looking at a few other sites, but where it's a balancing act because there's always an opportunity, but there's always a better opportunity. So we're trying to we're trying to do our best to yeah, balance that, survive mentally and physically. The next the next test is Bayside and the soul's about yeah. Black Rock soon. Yeah. Shout out, that's Black Rock. 3193. Three. We're coming. But yeah, a few things in the pipeline. Super exciting. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Cool. Elliot, Leo, great to have you back. Casey, great to have you yeah, on cool. board. Steadying the ship with this brand as it moves forward to a new frontier. It's awesome to see. Linked up in the show notes of this podcast so you can connect with the guys from Souls and make sure you visit one of their stores, whether they be the new ones that are coming through or the existing ones. Boys, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, thanks Sean. for having thanks, us. Thanks, mate. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning to this episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as we're nearing the end of the year. It's fantastic to have you on board. Please comment and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd love you to share it along. Thanks so much. And until next time, stay well, everyone. Today's ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first six weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality, is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation.